millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm here with Greg, who just moved back to New York. Greg, say hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, I can sing. Do you know that? Coming, come, I know. Coming at you live from my new digs, man. Yeah, man. Welcome back to New York. How's it feel? Uh, cold. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it feels pretty cold. Well, yeah, you're used to the Georgia sun. Uh, you won't get that here. Uh, speaking... Yeah, but good, good, good to be back. It's just... I have so much more space in this new apartment and no furniture to fill it. So uh, if anyone has furniture they want to throw my way, we can talk. We can talk. Any fans want to throw furniture or peanut butter fudge, like let us know. Uh, so Actually, I have no groceries right now, so I would take some peanut butter fudge. So Greg will be calling in on the phone the next couple of weeks while he figures out his new microphone and studio situation. So uh, to our listeners who are used to Greg being in high quality, my apologies. Uh, so moving forward, it really Greg's apologies, but mine for right now. Um, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do on the show today. We're going to talk a little bit of Rangers, a little bit of downtime week for the Rangers last week. I have some takes about uh, Lump was playing three games and also not getting six points against teams that we frankly should have crushed that we did not. And then you and I are going to touch on the winter meetings. You can overreact about Ioannis Cespedes, and we'll talk about a, a possible trade that might make your head explode. How's that sound? Oh my god, we haven't talked about nope. Cespedes on the pod yet. I didn't bring it up. All right, let's do let's. Let's, Let's do, do Rangers first, man. Let's, because you know me, I'll I'll go. Uh, I know. I'll go off the deep end. I'm aware. So last week the Rangers played three teams that were pretty much in last place. They played the Carolina Hurricanes twice and the Sabers once. Now, probably they beat the Carolina Hurricanes twice, but in games they didn't deserve to win. Well, they deserve to win, but just barely is my point here. This team is way better than the Hurricanes. Victor Stahlberg, as always, former Rangers come back to haunt the Rangers. Um, has there been a former Ranger that's played against the Rangers this year that hasn't scored? I'm sure there is, and I'm sure I'll get a message about it, but it certainly feels like every time we play a former Ranger, they have the best game of the year against us. Uh, the Buffalo- I mean, we, we definitely made, we definitely made Victor Stahlberg look, uh, 700 times better than he actually is. Scored I thought he was going to get a hat trick in the first period. Over two games against us. So, uh, pretty good. Three goals against the Rangers in two games, I would say. And he was pretty much the only offense Hurricanes had going. Otherwise, it was spotty. And then I have actually a lot to say about this Buffalo game. 
Was that the loudest the Buffalo Arena has been in years? Because it was, I think it's the most exciting game they've had in the, that arena in three years, personally. It's, uh, I have a take for you, Ryan. Sure. It is one of the dumbest sports anythings that Buffalo Sabres fans are booing Jimmy BC. It is beyond stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Go on. Tell me why. Jimmy VC was never a Buffalo Sabre. The Buffalo Sabres made a stupid trade to acquire the right, a right to Jimmy VC, even though Jimmy VC was on the record of saying he wanted to test the open market and not sign with anyone before free agency opened. And the Sabres traded for him anyway. The Sabres could not sign him before the free agency period opened, obviously. And then they weren't really ever contenders to sign Jimmy VC in the first place. And yet fans are treating him as if, uh, he's Carlos Beltran when he left the Astros in 2004. Yes, well, yeah, they never really had rights. They took a chance. They were like, maybe we can convince this kid to stay here. We're going to have Jack Eichel. He'll want to play here. And that, that, that's what you get for taking a chance. It was pretty clear he wanted to go to free but he agency. Was, he, he was never saying. It's never like he made any kind of just announcement saying if he got traded to the right organization before free agency opened, he would sign with that team. I think his, he made it painfully clear that he wanted to test the open waters and Sabres fans being angry at Jimmy VC that they traded for him and then he didn't sign is just ludicrous. Right. And I, I know why Buffalo did it. Because they're 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 an organization that needs to take wild card shots to get players like Jimmy VC that could boost their team. Now could they convince him to stay there during I'm that not, time? I maybe, but obviously they didn't. So um it I'm is, gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't I don't understand why Buffalo did it. Buffalo Again, it's not like Jimmy VC ever said any magic words. Like, he might have said, like, at one point in time, he would consider signing with the Sabres, but I think the odds of him signing with the Sabres were the same if they didn't trade for him and if he went to free agency. They gave up an asset for nothing, and their fans are treating him as if he's Benedict Arnold, and it's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, I was pretty wrong. I was both ways on VC when, when he was in free agency. I remember saying on this podcast that I had like a 15% feeling he'd come to the Rangers and I was pretty much ridiculed by not only you, but people online. And then I also posted on a, on a, a VC thread, like where will VC, will VC come to the Rangers? And I was the top post saying probs not bra, but I was wrong there too. So I, I don't understand why Buffalo would boo him. He was never on the team. He never played for them. Like obviously they would like to have him, have him there, but that's the breaks. Like, he, this guy was going to free agency. That's it. So don't boo him. But back to my original point here. The stadium was the loudest stadium I've heard since Rangers Islanders, like, I think glad two years ago, the last year at the at the Coliseum. They were – I've never heard the Garden that loud since uh, – well, I have, the playoffs. But during the regular season, we don't get up for that. So this was their playoff game. And also, it was Jack Eichel's first game back on the ice at home. Of course, we catch him, and that's just Ranger luck. And he scores two goals to put us away. Now, sh the softest goal of Lundqvist's life was probably in that first period. Did you, Greg, did you happen to see how soft that goal was? I haven't. I'd be, I'll be honest with you, but I know it, it wasn't pretty. Pretty much from the defensive end, from the other goalie, uh, a shot on goal went through, took a bad hop and went through Lundqvist's leg. And if that does not happen, uh, this game obviously has different results. You can't say the future, but... That game entirely just felt like it wasn't ours to win. Buffalo outshot us. They outplayed us. They outhustled us. I, I was, I was when we were up three two. I was like, okay, finally we're gonna take a lead. We're gonna score five. It's gonna be over. 
And that and this team is in last place. They can't score. They're the lowest scoring team in the league. Then Jack Eichel comes in, shows why he was the number two pick in the draft and would have been the number one pick in most other drafts uh, with that with uh, Sands McDavid and just goes off. That guy is special, and I hate to have him in our division for the next couple of years or longer. Yeah, it's like uh, it's one of those things. So Connor McDavid has been otherworldly this year, and I think he's taken all of the spotlight from that rookie class, we're forgetting just how good Jack Eichel is. Eichel, he's incredible in his own right. And it really was one of those decisions where last year's draft had two potentially franchise-changing guys. And no, the Sabres did not get Connor McDavid. But we have to remember just how good Eichel is. And he proved it. He is incredible. He makes a bad team good and a good team great. And I think, I, I don't know if it'll necessarily be with the Sabres, but I bet you anything we're going to see his name on a Stanley Cup one day and probably a Hart Trophy too while we're at it. I, I, I'm willing to say that. I, so does it suck to lose to the Sabres? Absolutely. Uh, does it make me feel any better that Eichel was the one that scored two goals? No. Because no, not if at all. you want to be a, if you want to be a team that makes a cup run, you have to be able to beat guys like Eichel and you can't let individual players beat you and how many times do we have to go over at nauseum about how poor the range of defense is and I can't even say anything about Clendenning this week because he played against the Sabres and he did not play well uh, I'll be the first one to admit it Clendenning did not have a great game he did I will just to point this out during uh he got called for a penalty where the where it was a blatant flop against him uh, if you watch the replay the other the Buffalo Sabre flops and that that the ref calls it. So what are you going to do about that? So I know that was one of the big reasons we end up losing that game, but I, I want to forgive him for at least that. But agreed. I hard and at the same time, did Clendenning have a great game? No. Did Clendenning have the worst game of any Ranger defender this season? No. no. Should Clendenning get another shot in this lineup, considering how poorly the Rangers' defense has played at times? Absolutely. Will it happen? I doubt it, because we know A.V. at this point. I'd be stunned if Clendenning gets another start in the next That was an amazing self-interview you just did. <laughs> I'm, look, man, I'm, I'm in New York now. I'm in my element. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Feeling good, feeling great. Um, so, with that said, wrapping this week up, I am furious we didn't get six points. Oh, I have one more thing. Why did Lunkwist play all three of these games? Like, isn't, aren't one of these games just a Ronta game? Like, isn't, like, maybe home and Hurricanes maybe on Sunday? I mean, Saturday? The, the only only reason only reason I can see Lundqvist starting all three is because the Rangers have this long period of time off after the Saturday game. Do they play? Do they play Tuesday? Is that their next game? We play. They play today, which is Tuesday against the Islanders. Yeah. So you you had two full days of rest after a three start week. So I, I get it. I, Ronson's going to start a game this week. Well, definitely. Well, this week's packed. So that's why one of the reasons I was confused why we wouldn't just have Lundqvist take an extended rest. Probably we could beat the Hurricanes with Ranta. I mean, we've beaten them at home 12 straight times at this point. I think we could do it one more time with Ranta and then and then rest, rest Lundqvist for a pretty much what I'm going to be calling show me week, which is playing against your two rivals and two teams from the West that are, are contenders, and you're going to have to show you, show me and the other Ranger fans what kind of team this is. Uh, I agree. This is a big week, and it's partly a big week because the Rangers still have been playing fairly poorly. Just as a team, 
You were on the record last week saying if we didn't get six points last week, you'd freak out and panic. I'm still freaking out. You're not out. really panicking. But you, and you know what? You have, you have some right to freak out a little bit. I, I mean, I'm not freaking out nearly as much as you are. I think it's all part of the process, and teams go through highs and teams go through lows. And right now, the Rangers are in a bit of a lull. But this is a big week. This is – I don't think it's necessarily – you're going to call it a show-me week. I think it's a measuring stick week. I think we're going to find out just how good this Rangers team is. That's literally what I meant. The, <laughs> I mean, not to steal – Steal your thunder, but that's exactly what I'm saying here is this is, this is the week where you have to get things done. You have to show me if you are losing a game, you have to play tight. Like I, I don't want to get blown out by the Islanders. Well, who's are in last place. I know it's a rivalry game. They're going to get up. Like the, this is Brooklyn's playoff game this year. They're in last place. They, I, I don't even have any points they have. I can check right now, but yeah, right now they have 23 points. They're, they're, Negative nine in differential, they're fucked, man. So this is the game they're going to get up for. They're going to play the Rangers hard, and I don't want to lose that game. That's a game I can't lose. I can't have it. The Islanders beat us four times last year. It's just something I don't like. I know you hate Philly, Philly, but I hate the Islanders. With the Islanders, though, it's one of those things. You could kind of look at it as if the Islanders roll over and die against the Rangers, that has to be the final nail in Jack Capuano's coffin, right? There's no way Capuano was able to survive a bad performance against the Rangers. I don't, don't, I don't believe it. If you don't get up for the Ranger game, I don't think it's possible. Like, what are you doing? Like, get out of my basement. It's time to go. That's. Is that now? Remind me. Is that game at the Garden? Is that game in it's, Brooklyn? It's in Brooklyn. We're we're on a road trip this so week until Sunday. It's still basically going to be a Ranger home game. Yes, in a crappy arena that wasn't meant for hockey. By the way, the new Nassau Coliseum opens up rather soon with Billy Joel, but no hockey, so that's good. <sighs> Billy, Billy will play anywhere and everywhere in New York. Hey man, get some checks. Get some. He gets an open. He gets open bar. Cash some checks. A little bit of wet the beat for Billy. Keep, keep doing it, man. By all means, you do you, Bill. For what? Just side note. I tried to get uh, Billy Joel tickets for uh, my wonderful mother for Christmas. You know, it's like 150 bucks to sit behind the stage and not even see him. It's crazy. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I was on stuff up. I, I didn't like, realize. I didn't realize people. I did not realize people sold tickets behind the stage. Yeah, MSG six, sells tickets behind the stage. Apparently, when I was on stuff up, I could be reading that wrong, and I'm an idiot. But from what I saw, I was like 150 bucks behind the stage. It was like obstructed view behind stage. I was like, well, uh, I can't even see him. So just enjoy the music, I guess. 150 dollars. Yeah. Man, it is expensive to get inside the garden for anything. It really is. It's just that simple. It's, uh, it's um, the world's greatest arena and one of the most expensive for a reason. All right, so let's talk. Let's talk about one one last thing. I want to just talk about Shea's development, and I did watch him pretty closely this week. I ended up rewatching a lot of the game this morning. I have to say, that Shea is going to be probably a top liner next year. I think McDonough and Shea are the future of this team. It's really it's his skating ability is is really impressive. His speed down the ice and even his passing he's shown this year with all the assists he's have he's had has been just a nice surprise. This is a guy I really ha- didn't have high expectations for. Well, I didn't expect him to play this well, and he's not really getting rookie of the year talk, and I don't think he will. But it's just been a nice uh, surprise. He, he he won't. And even if Brady Shea could have the best year any defensive rookie has ever had, and he still wouldn't warrant rookie of the year talk. That's just how good uh, the likes of Patrick Laine and Austin Matthews have been this year. And, you know, you have to remember, 
Matt Murray is a rookie this year, too, and he is having a fantastic season for the uh, Penguins. I totally forgot that Matt so, Murray is a rookie this year. Yeah, because we remember him just curb-stomping teams in the playoffs last year, but he made his debut in the playoffs last year. That's disgusting. He's a true-blood rookie, basically, in the NHL, and he's having a phenomenal season. I think people – I like – I mean, you did. I think people forget that Matt Murray's a rookie. I totally forgot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I hate that, actually. Uh, <laughs> I really do. He, it's funny what they were doing with Flurry and, and Murray. They were, they were playing both of them on and off, and Flurry was just getting destroyed. And I think their plan originally was to have Flurry gain some value and then try and trade him to another team that needs a goalie, but now he's lost all of his value, so that kind of backfired on them. Yet, they're still two points behind the Rangers. And, and by the way, the Rangers are in first place in their division, and they were the best team in hockey as of Sunday. Now they're one point behind the Canadiens. And I have to say, even though I'm complaining and freaking out, being in first place in the Metropolitan Division at this point in time is a wonderful blessing. Being first at any point in time is a wonderful thing. Right, especially because we haven't won a two games straight in the last six games, I believe. We've been on off. So if we do end up going streaking, this would be the week. Uh, and I do want to take one, one last look at the standings real quick before we move on to the schedule coming up. Uh, the Blue Jackets are in third with 32 points. So that team, I remember I called them crappy early in the year. Tortorella has that team humming, huh? They're 7-1-2 in the last 10. Uh, and they are, I have the second best goal differential to us. They have 21. So I have to say, I take back what I said about us losing to the Blue Jackets and saying they're a shitty team. They might be for real. Yeah, yeah you were a little hard on them when we played them. Uh, I was. So as part, really of my, was. as part of my 16 hours I spent in a car over the last two days, really just a fun time. It's actually 20 hours if you go back to the five-plus-hour drive I had from Savannah to Rome, Georgia, to go to a wedding on Friday. So I, I did a lot of listening to podcasts, and I listened – to our podcast because I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see what we were talking about three weeks ago. You crapped all over the Blue Jackets for almost no reason. I really They're did. They're a good team, dude. They really are. Um, I, I you, guess I just you, had, like, this taste in my talk, mouth. You want to talk about rookies. The best rookie defenseman this year is that kid, Wierenski, for the Blue Jackets. And he's playing, I think he's playing with Seth Jones these days um, on their top defensive pairing. And they've been great. Sergei Bobrovsky has been fantastic in stretches. For the Blue Jackets, they're a fun and interesting team, man. I think you need to you need to give them a little bit more credit. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm saying I was wrong, Greg. I know. So Tortorella's got I, those I boys know. playing, Block, blocking shots, getting tough and American and Canadian. But you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and don't, also, don't don't talk to him about the world. Don't talk to him about the World Cup of Hockey. Whatever you do, I won't. And also, the as of right now, the Capitals not in the playoffs. Now I know that could change. <laughs> and it's a big it, sports talk, but as of right now, not in the playoffs. All right. Uh, any change. other Ranger points from this week? You and I both week? know it'll change. Anything you want to touch on from this week um, that happened? It was a pretty down week. I mean, we played last place teams. We didn't get six points. But uh, Chris Kreider came and had a coming yeah, out party. Yeah. Rick Nash really returning to form and showing him he's the leader of this team once again. The two goals from Kreider were needed. He had gone cold since he came back from his second injury stint. I really hope that two-goal performance against the Hurricanes on Saturday points him back in the right direction. It's not that he's been playing poorly. He just hasn't been the same guy that we saw at the beginning of the year. And I'm sure some of that has to do with the fact that he's not playing right now with Zabinajad because he's hurt. Um, he's not even playing with Buknovich. So he's playing on a completely different line. But a two-goal game against the Hurricanes, I know their goaltending is 
not exactly ideal, at but best. one one has one has to hope it has been pointed in the right direction. And and I do. Uh, and Rick Nash had one of those weeks where he just the play he made against Carolina, I believe, last week when he just breaks away and holds off two defenders, and then as they're guarding him, uses one of their sticks to to have a ricochet of this puck to go to the top of the net and bounce in was one of the most phenomenal plays I've seen from Rick Nash in a while. And he, he just looks like he's rounding back to form, and he might be starting to score on this team once again. So that's all I can hope for for Rick. He's been pretty good this year. He's been a two-way player as he's been, but he hasn't been the prolific scorer we expected. But like we said, he's past his prime at this point. But we are getting a still great player. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, as you said, that end-to-end goal against the uh, Hurricanes all the way back on Tuesday – that was a Rick Nash I haven't seen in a very long time. I don't even think I've ever seen that Rick Nash in a Rangers jersey. Me either. And because uh, I, I like I, I'm, I'll bring this up too often. That 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 exact same play I have Ben Bishop stopping in Game Seven. So it, it's it literally drained into my brain. Uh, some little bit of Ranger news before we move on to this upcoming schedule. Uh, Hivrick has been called up because Michael Grabner sadly had a passing in his family. So we wish the best to him. Hivrick will be playing on a line with I believe Peary and Pumel. Pumpel. I can't say his name appropriately. And uh, so he'll be playing. Pumple. Pumple. And he'll be they'll be playing against the Islanders on Tuesday. Uh, also, Bushnevich has skated today. He skated by himself, took very uh, gingerly shots, as they said on Twitter. And so he's still a couple weeks away. Won't play on this road trip. So we'll see where he is. But it's good to see him back on the ice, of course. So are you ready to move Maybe on to the upcoming schedule, or do you have anything else you would like to say? Let's do upcoming schedule, my friend. Okay, here we go. National holiday upcoming schedule. Tuesday, Islanders, as we've talked about before, this is, now get ready for this one, Greg, put on your own shoes day. Ready. Put them on. Put on your own shoes. So I'm going to need everyone to go out there when the Islanders are playing the Rangers, Tuesday, which it could be today if you're listening, put on your own shoes, okay? National put on your own shoes day. That's all I got to say. Question. Yes. Question. Answer. When's the last time you put someone else's shoes on for them? Greg, that was the first question I asked myself. When I saw this national holiday, remember people pay money for these, so I don't remember that if I was I can't remember the last time I was I was in a play or I was like needed to run outside or maybe like I my my roommate shoes like my dog ran away I hit the shoes were closest I I put those on and ran after my dog so that, that was that's the last time. Oh, I'm, I'm not thinking I'm not thinking like you're you putting on someone else's shoes. I'm thinking of you putting. Someone else's shoes on their feet. So I guess feet. this has two different descriptions because I was going on with the other one. So when was the last time someone um, put? I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking. When's the last time you put shoes on someone else's feet? I can't remember the last time I did that. It must have been someone who was very intoxicated. It had to be. That's the only situation I can think of because uh, I don't have kids, so it's not like I would be putting on their shoes for them. I'm fresh out of kids, also. So, fresh out of kids. Fresh out of kids. All right, so now moving on from that, like we said earlier, this is a team we have to beat. The Islanders, I, I got to have this win. I know I, I know it's weird to say a must win, but if you lose to the Islanders, like I want Jack, Jack Capiano to get fired. I want this team to go down in disarray. I really don't like this team. I, I feel bad for them because they're in a, an arena that's crappy. The commute is shitty. But, you know, it's fish sticks. I need them dead. So uh, I, I, need to, I need that win. That's all I'm saying. Now, this is when it comes to show me. Right, right there with you. This is when it becomes show me. Thursday versus okay. the Jets. It's National Take It in the Year Day. So. Excuse me? Yeah, it's National Take It in the Year Day. 
So I don't take I, what? T- just take it, Greg. So take it, everyone. When you're watching the Jets game, take it in the ear and just make sure this. You know the Jets. The Jets team we're going to be playing against is no joke, and they're also they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, I, I, actually, that's a lie. They're four six and zero oh, in the last ten. Uh, but they are they are fourth place in the Western Conference Central Division. Uh, and they do have 28 points. So this team is not a, is not a pushover for the Rangers, and we will be traveling to them. So, And this is when it becomes the first of a back-to-back, and this is the real show-me game, and this is the game I've been waiting for all year at Chicago, Friday, International Anti-Corruption Day versus the Blackhawks. Anti-Corruption Day? International Anti-Corruption Day, yeah. So we got to you know fight the power. Don't let anyone be corrupt around you. Don't let those big businesses take all your money, and you got to beat the Blackhawks. That'll be an interesting game. That's seriously, that's the game I'm looking forward to the most of this entire year. I remember we talked to, or earlier back in the year where we said, uh, "What was the team you'd like to measure your team against?" And you said the Canadiens, and I said the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks have returned to form; they have 35 points, tied with the Rangers in points, and the Canadiens still have 36. So this would be the team that, if I was going to predict a finals run, that I would predict that we would see in the finals. Well, that that is a long ways off. I don't think you think they're the Western Conference favorite. Hold on, let me definitely. So this, I'm gonna pull up this. I'm pulling pulling up some standings right now. Sure, I, I have them right in front of me. If you have any questions? Let me know. So the Sharks in in the Pacific Division it's the Sharks, Oilers, Ducks, and Kings. The Kings are without Jonathan Quick for the year. He could make it back for the playoffs, I suppose. But uh, the Oilers are still a young team. Connor McDavid, obviously phenomenal. But uh, can he really go to the Cup his first year as fully playing? I'm not sure. The Ducks, uh, there they are. The Sharks, last year's returning champion, uh, are uh, are primed at 31 points in the first place in the Pacific Division. And then in the other division, Central, it's the Blackhawks, the Blues, the Wilds, and the Jets right now. And the Panthers coming up the rear in five. So hmm. right, right now I still have the Blackhawks as the favorite. Now they're without... Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I... I... Something about the Sharks just scare me more. I don't know if it's just Brent Burns having a year of years as defenseman or huge. Just something about the Sharks. Something about the Sharks, dude. Now Jonathan Taze is out or should be out for this game. Uh, he's oh, that'll, out. that'll help. Yeah, he's out. He's been out six con- uh, six consecutive games right now, and the report today from the Chicago Tribune is the injuries are not getting better. So that will certainly help us in this game, and I would like to play them full strength to get a you know kind of grasp of where we are, but. I'll take that for now. We're without two of our players, too, so that's just the way hockey is at this point. This will be the measuring test game. It'll be Friday night. I will be very excited to watch the entirety of this game. And this is a game I need the Rangers to perform in. I know I just said that. I can have... We can lose the Jets game. I'm cool with it, Rangers. We're probably playing Ronta in the Jets game. You, you, do you agree? Uh, I would imagine so. Okay, because, I mean, this is a back-to-back, so I think we're going to start... Do you think we'd start Ranta against the Blackhawks? Because we have a habit of doing that. Like we, like I said, we start Ranta against the Capitals a lot. I honestly, Ranta's been playing so well, it really doesn't matter who he plays against. Also, you know the Capitals are in a playoff position right now, right? They're in, you know oh, because they're, right. they're, they're five. You're they're right. the number one wild card. They're, they're the number one wild card. Correct. I was, I was going by positioning in, in the division, but you're, you are correct. They are number one wild card. Sorry about that. I am correct. And yes, the Islanders are dead fucking blast. Correct. So this Blackhawks game will be very important. And then on Sunday, we come back home to MSG versus the Devils. And next week, we're going to have our good devil friend Hefe on to talk about uh, the the devil game that happened on Sunday and the upcoming devil game, I believe, which will be the next Tuesday. 
excited for Jeff to listen to this pod and oh. realize that oh. we're planning to have him on without talking to him before yes, we have this. Haven't talked to him, but he will be coming on, and he he knows now. Also, the next uh, the next game would be the next Sunday. Sorry about that. So uh, not next Tuesday. The next Tuesday is another game versus the Blackhawks. So we'll be playing the Blackhawks twice in five days. So that'll be fun. So like I said, this is a show maybe for the Rangers. Uh, there's not really much to talk about the last week that, that's come around, but this will be the week that you really get to see who this team is and uh, hopefully going forward. Absolutely. All right, Greg, we're going to wrap up Ranger Talk now. We're going to move over to baseball because we have, a, I'm assuming, a lot of takes. And uh, if you are only here for Ranger Talk, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Love you all. There's plugs and at the end of the show like you know where you can find us, but you probably know already. Let's move on to baseball. Greg, Ioannis is, is a Met for the entire Trump administration. Tell me your thoughts. We did it, fam. We did it. <laughs> um, my God. I I honestly, so weird reaction to it. I was equally stunned and not surprised. I was more, I'm not really surprised he re-signed with the Mets. He, he loves New York. He loves playing with the Mets. His best friends in possibly in baseball are apparently Azdrubal Cabrera and Jose Reyes. So the fact that both those guys are going to be around with the Mets for at least one more year, Wait, I think was a big draw. his best friend in baseball draw. is Jose Reyes? Really? Something happened, something happened between those two when Reyes came back to the Mets. They bonded. They FaceTime every day because I know this because Reyes is always posting it on Instagram. It's incredible. Wow. Um, Reyes is the one that, Reyes is also the one that got him to dye his hair blonde for the stretch run. Okay. So there's there's some serious romance going on there. Um, I think Cespedes likes that he's beloved by Met fans. I think that is a feeling he's grown to adore in his own right. Is I I I have a hard time thinking of a more popular Met outside of David Wright uh, in the last five to ten years than uh, Cespedes. I think I think I think no. I think. Uh, See, the thing with Harvey is people, he was when he first came up in 2013 was a magical year, but he's kind of, injuries have not helped him. And I think Met fans have, they're kind of tired of his act. I think they think he's a bit of no, a diva. I'm just saying diva. during those two years, he's a diva. And I agree with you. But those two years of Harvey, they were, you know, a, he was a phenom. And every, everyone. Right. Him. Right. But the thing is. I mean, you could make a case that DeGrom's been better than Harvey. Syndergaard has definitely been better than Harvey. So, like, the Syndergaard, I think, has eclipsed Harvey in terms of Met fan love just because he's such a fun character in social media. I, oh. If few people understand Twitter than Noah, better than Noah Syndergaard. It's incredible. Oh, Syndergaard's um, wonderful. He's a, he's a breath of fresh air. He's fun as hell. But back, back to Cespedes. The thing that surprised me was the timing. I honestly didn't think he would sign so early. I know the Mets had been saying they wanted to get something done before or during the winter meetings. I just didn't actually think they would. Uh, the contract is 100% deserved. If you're gonna, the Mets paid him $27.5 million last year. So basically all they're doing is extending him for four years for the exact same price. He's worth every penny. The Mets are 100% unequivocally better with Cespedes in the lineup, and if he were, if, if Cespedes left, the Mets would not have been able to fill that hole. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to do it because nope. JD Martinez is not Yoenis Cespedes, and I think that's the guy the Mets were 
going to target if sets this walk. And if, to get Martinez, you'd have to give up a guy like Dom Smith and a pitcher like um, Gazelman to get him. And that's a pack. The Mets can't afford to make that deal. I would still go after just can't him do it. if I'm the Mets, to be honest. I like J.D. a lot. And I don't know what the price is. If that's where, where, where would you where would you play him? The Mets already have a glut of outfielders. We need to trade at least one. And I look, I'm I'm still the biggest believer in Michael Conforto. I think Conforto is going to be a multi-time All Star. I think you just need to give him a little more time. I know he struggled last year. Came out of the gates I, fire I, hot, I, and then went as it, cold as you yeah. Did. You have to like exactly. But that April happened, and that April happened on the back of an incredible postseason run. And a very strong rookie campaign that he had towards the end of 2015. There is a very good player there still. And I think fans are, I don't think, I really don't think Met fans are distracted by his poor play. I think Met fans like me still hold him in very high regards. I think other fans of other teams see him as a struggling prospect. I just don't think that's the case. I think there's a very good player there. And honestly, uh, so the Mets right now are shopping Jay Bruce and Curtis Granderson. You could convince me that you can make a case trading both of them is in the Mets' best interest. And it might be. Um, it might be. I don't think that's a I hard case it, to make, to be honest. I think that's rather easy to make. Uh, your outfield right now would be Conforto, Cespedes, and Lagares? Lagares. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Who, who's and then if, if – so what the, Mets, what the Mets are trying to do is trade Jay Bruce straight up for whatever they can get their hands on. Um, and that way the Mets could either platoon Granderson and Ligaris in center field, which isn't ideal, but if you're only doing it for a year and Ligaris is getting the bulk of the playing time, you know, I can see it. Granderson wasn't terrible in center last year. It's not great. It's not bad. You can make defensive replacements with Ligaris. It's, it's okay. But the thing is, Bruce and Granderson are both on the last year of their deals, and the money is just about the same. And a lot of teams want – Granderson more than Bruce, and understandably so because Granderson, honestly, despite being six years older, he's a better player. Just a better player, and I think Pro- that's why the probably Mets- a better clubhouse guy, to be honest. Probably well, a better hang. The Mets love the Mets. The Mets, the Mets love him in the clubhouse. That, you're not kidding there. Um, and that's no knock on Jay Bruce. No, it's not. It's like not Bruce, if I was like cancer. If you gave me an option, like, oh, yo, who do you want to grab a beer with? I'd be like, Bruce Granderson. It's not even close. It's not even close. Uh, you know, despite Granderson not believing in the moon landing, uh, he's still an okay guy. Hey, man, but I've never seen it happen. So The talk, <laughs> the, the talk is uh, the Orioles are the team that seem to be the hottest on Granderson. And you know what? If trading Granderson could get the Mets Brad, uh, Brad Brack? Brad Barch? Brad Brack? Best pronunciation on, podcast of all time. I think it's Brack. I'm sorry. It's Brad Brack who was an all-star last year. He's been really good the last two years. He's not a free agent until after the 2019 season. Uh, last year, he had a fifth of 292. Struck out 92 guys in 79 innings, and the year before, struck out 89 in 79 innings. Pretty good. So the numbers are there. You're talking about, look, I know charges might be dropped against Jerry's familiar, but I'm still expecting not to have him for the first month of the season at least. Uh, yeah, so you put story. if you got if you have a back end of your bullpen after April of Familia Addison Reed and Brad Brack, that Brack. is a dominant that is a dominant bullpen. 
in every sense of the terms. And then you remember the fact that the Mets starting rotation next year is going to be DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, Wheeler, Matt, Lugo, Gazelman in some uh, way, shape, or form. That's so good. That is a <laughs> that is a ridiculous rotation. What so depth. you know, as 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 much as I want to, God, I don't want to trade Granderson because he's just a better fit for the team. But I think uh, you got it. I think you have to if, if if the return if the return is an Orioles reliever not named Zach Britton. Uh, God, you, you have to do it. It sucks. It really does. Zach, I'm not. Zach Britton was incredible saying, in the playoffs last year, man. It's gonna be tough to get him. At the same time, like if you trade Granderson, I still think you trade Bruce. I hate Jay Bruce. I don't want him on the Mets next year. Like if if, if the Mets four outfielders next year are Cespedes, Lagares, Brandon Nimmo, and Michael Conforto, I think they're fine. They're talking about putting Reyes uh, in the outfield a little bit to get his versatility up. So. If you're trading Granderson, I don't, I, I don't think a Granderson trade should impact trading Jay Bruce. I think you should trade Jay Bruce no matter what. And then if you also trade Granderson, so be it. I, 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 the only way I like one or the other is if Jay Bruce is the one in the Mets keep Granderson. If you're moving Granderson, I say just move Bruce anyway. And I know that's not, not going to happen because it doesn't seem like that's what Sandy Alderson is going to do. But uh, I... I would feel better if Jay Bruce was not a Met in 2017. I'm in total agreement with you. Now let's do a uh, touch on my team, the Tampa Bay Rays, free agent signings. Okay, that was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> glad we went over everything and all the options they had this offseason. Uh, I do want to give some, some love to some Yankee listeners. You I, know, I love the Matt Holiday signing. You know, just, just you know who... Uh, would be would be a fantastic and under the, well I don't think under the radar but the Rays should make a run at Tyson Ross. Why? Just just <laughs> in, because it's it's an asset. He's an asset, and the Rays need to be in the business of collecting these risky assets to potentially flip. It's not a bad idea. But like what, why why wouldn't why wouldn't the Rays make a run at Tyson Ross? I think they're it's trying to flip like Chris Archer right now for him. as much as possible. Like. If you're any any team would want. Yeah, so, oh, that's a, that's that's another reason to go out and get Tyson Ross. Yeah. If you're gonna if, if if Archer's gonna be gone, you got you need someone to throw innings. I think everyone's gonna be gone this year. I think they're going full tank mode, and they know that they're gonna be a couple years uh, in the in the making. I think Longoria might be a Dodger by the end of this winter meeting, so uh, that'll hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, is there Look, is there room to, on just, that train I, to be a Mets fan? Is what I'm asking. There's always room for you, bro. Thank you, but buddy. But you have to like John Franco. Nope. <laughs> Not going to happen. Hate John Franco. <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, I want to talk about the Matt Holiday signing uh, for the Yankees. $13 million for one year. That's an incredible signing. They're going to have him mostly hit. The guy's still a great hitter. He's got a WRC, I think, of 125 projection this year. Uh, he didn't have to give up a first-round pick for him, and he's a veteran that can really hold things together in the clubhouse. That's going to be pretty young for the first time in a long time. So I want to just Look, give him commitment. Pick. I, go on. The the rumor we have the rumor we have to talk about, dude, is Chris Sale. This is what I was going to, but I wanted to give you know the the six Yankee fans that listen to our show a bone, just for a second. So commend no, your signing. Not fuck. All right, fuck great. Him. Thank you. Oh, that Ryan loves it. <laughs> All right, Chris. This Chris Sale rumors right now are pretty bonkers. Do you want me to go over them first and you'll react? They're nuts. Right now. Uh. Okay. Right now, there's there there's a couple rumors out there. One being. 
that the Nationals are, are, are in the lead as of now for Chris Sale. They would trade Lucas Giolito, who's their top pitching prospect and beloved by Ryan, your host, and uh, Victor Robles, who's, I believe, a 19-year-old stud outfielder, projects to be a pretty five five toolie player and another package. Now, supposedly, they're pretty far apart. They keep going back and forth, and the Giants are the other big player, but they have no prospects, so I'm not sure what they would give in that in return. Uh, so... Chris Sale still has, I believe, two years of six million and nine million on his contract, which is absurd considering he's a is a high, 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 high level picture. Uh, I guess which for short you'd call him an ace. Yeah, I mean, so the baseball fan inside of me, Ooh. can you imagine <laughs> a Mets Nationals seven game series in the NLCS in those pitching matchups? No. It would be it would be Syndergaard, Syndergaard Sale, Degrom, Scherzer, Harvey Strasburg, Matt Gonzalez. Can you imagine the Cubs, is, the Cubs Nationals, uh, <laughs> Hendricks, Strasburg? I'm just making fun of you, but that's another that's another one that's insane, actually. No, no but like even yeah, even even the Cubs too with Arietta, less like those three pitching staffs, and you could throw the Giants in there too with Cueto, Samarja. And Bumgarner, those four pitching staffs are ridiculous. They're just ridiculous. Now, the Met fan inside of me, uh, I'm torn because Robles and Giolito by themselves are going to be problems for the Met in the long run. For the long term. Huge problems. Yeah, Giolito's a problem. Uh, baseball, baseball, Baseball America actually has Robles rated better than Giolito at this point in time. I mean, that doesn't, so that, the doesn't that surprise me because he's been a, a, like a stud prospect since he was 17. If the Nationals want to give up those two guys plus probably two other meaningful pieces in the long run, I don't necessarily hate it because there's no saying Chris Sale is going to resign. And Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer is not going to be – Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Yankee. Harper's a Yankee. He's a, a Yankee. He's a, he's a Yankee in a couple of years. Max Scherzer's contract is going to get bad. It's only a matter of time. Yep. And Strasburg, if we're being honest, just can't stay healthy. Um, but in the short term, oh, God, that's scary. And I know they're going to keep Trey Turner if they get Chris Sale, which There's would no piss me off a little way bit. No they trade Chris uh, Turner. No way. They've already said that. Yeah, no but – so here's the thing. As great as the Nationals' rotation is, and the Mets kind of had the same problem, I, I, I will admit this. As great as the Nationals' rotation is going to be, that lineup still doesn't intimidate me at all. They still don't have a, they don't have a center fielder. Um, if they want to put Trey Turner in center field, you, you have an automatic out in Danny Espinosa at shortstop, and I'm fine with that. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman is just bad, plain and simple. Uh, right now, didn't they just trade for Derek Norris? Are they planning to use him at catcher? I mean, am I supposed to be afraid of Derek? This is not the only trade they're um, looking to make. They're also looking to get McCutcheon, so that would be quite. Yeah, but here's the thing: if you if you get Sale and McCutcheon, they don't have any prospects. They're and done. I'm yeah. all for that. Yeah, that means the Nationals better win a World Series in the next two years because if they don't, they're not getting one for a very long time. So right. it's the, kind the of like when the, the, when the Phillies. Right now. When the Phillies pushed their chips all in and got Roy Holiday, they knew that they needed to win a World Series in two years, and they did. So good job by them. But then 
everything that happened thereafter and the six years of just being lost in the wilderness that the Phillies have been in is what happens. And if the, if the Nationals want to go out and get Chris Sale and Andrew McCutcheon, they're going to be scary as fuck for two years. And then after that two years, they're going to have to look in the mirror and understand the deal they made with the devil and hope to God that they've been able to raise the flag because flags fly forever. Um, now, at the same time, we have to figure out if Andrew McCutcheon just had a one-year blip or if he just – Or if he's falling off. He's Dale Murphy and he's not – yeah, if, if, he, if he's pulling a Dale Murphy and he's just done. Um, I'm of the camp to think that it was a one-year blip. I'm also I think he's camp. too good. I, I think he's just too good to be done at a young age. I, don't, I think he just turned 30 or will turn 30 in February. I believe just turned 30. Uh, I'll double-check right now. Uh, yeah, I, it, it, it would be interesting. I, I think the Mets and the Nationals would play only two to one games all year. Um, and obviously the Nationals, look, the Nationals would have the edge. They have Sale and Scherzer, who you can make a case. Um, both pitchers, did Scherzer win Cy Young this year? I believe so. Uh, yeah, and Chris Sale probably should have. Uh, so you could make the case that the Nationals have the two best pitchers from last year in their rotation. Meanwhile, God, I mean, those Met National games would be so fascinating. They played 19 times a year. Where would where would the bad pitching matchup be? There is none. Like even Tanner, like even if pitchers get hurt and it's Tanner Roark against Rob Gisellman, that's still a fascinating. Still pitching good. Matchup. I'm still watching. Yeah, that's a that's going to be pretty good. I the winter meetings have have not begun, but the stove is. Is blazing hot. Well, they, they started today. They oh, okay. started today. Sorry, might be, might be. But, uh, uh, today, today being Monday. Right, but nothing's really come out yet as, as of this point. Um, I do want to no. end up, make one point before we uh, stop this train. You have not watched anything this whole podcast. Good for you, Greg. Good for you. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> well, I don't have my TV set up yet. I, uh, I will be honest, though. I did do some uh, online banking while we were doing the podcast today. Perfect. So great job by you, Greg. Uh, any other baseball points you want to make before we get out of here? Because i got to catch a plane to Illinois, and you've got to unpack all your stuff. Uh, no, I think we're good here, homeboy. Cool, bro. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. We're going to have our, our good friend Jeff on. Jeff, thanks for coming on in advance. Uh, you'll find out when you listen to this. Uh, we'll talk all, all things that happen in the Show Me Week for the Rangers. You can go and follow us at Blue Church Break on Twitter. Check out our Instagram, Blue Church Breakaway. Everything else is named Blue Church Breakaway, too, so you guys know where to find us. And uh, and that's it. Greg, say goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.